initiated. Out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. We're here on February 9th. The most perfect time to do an NBA podcast is actually in that week where there's no football. I guess there is the Pro Bowl, but no one counts that shit. Um, so we're a couple days away from the Super Bowl. It's a great time to do an NBA update. Um, I feel like it's been a while since we've done one, but we were just waiting for a bunch of stuff to be finalized, like the all-star rosters, the trade deadline stuff. There's plenty of news to talk about. Um, as a result, me and Kyle actually have brought on two guests. We have Vish and Shruth with us. Um, so they'll be contributing on today's podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's start, uh, with, with the all-star, uh, rosters first. Um, so like, I'll, I guess I'll go with the starters first, uh, on both sides. Um, so in the West it's Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, um, Zion Williamson. And in the East it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. Um, so I guess first, before we get to the reserves, let's just talk about the starters and, uh. What do you guys think? Uh, are there any snubs? Is there anyone who you who you don't think should have started? Um, yeah, let's start with that. I think Raj and I, I think you you and I had the same ones, right? I think we had these 10, right? Uh, I mean, I don't remember what I did for starters, actually. I got to check. Yeah, yeah. I don't know but, if you have it. No, uh, both of us had these exact 10. I think I just think you put Shea over Steph. I, I think we were both in agreement that Shea deserves it over Steph, but Steph was going to get it. So I think we, I think we got it right. Yeah, I mean, they just need to be clear, bro. Like, when does injuries matter and when does injuries not matter? Like, that, that's what I don't get for this. Uh, I know Vishal has a uh, concern with the All-Star starters. He he uh, he felt Embiid should be as a uh, front court. How do you feel, Vishal? Um, I don't think it was a snub per se because all four front court, uh, Eastern front court players were like really good. It's just that when you look at the voting and then you see that um, Tatum is like media rank number one, that was surprising to me because other than that, like they're pretty close because the players like voted for Embiid over Tatum. And if Tatum was actually media rank number three compared to like Embiid being number four, like Embiid would have made it. But like Tatum being number one, even though it's weighted only 25% of the total vote and winning the fan vote by one rank actually put him in. But he still deserves it, though, because Celtics are number one seed. But I felt that Embiid had a, a individual season-wise, like he was better than Tatum this year. So, like, um, he should have made it. But it's still not a snub, though, because the other three players are extremely good. So, like, they deserve it. This is the all-star advanced stats thing that we needed, Raj. This is what we needed. I, I've never looked at weighted score for media rate and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. I don't know who does <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to announce uh, the captains are LeBron in the West and Giannis in the East. Um, no, I mean, yeah, those guys definitely deserve to be captains. I, I guess it's just like shaky to me. Like, in my honest opinion, like if you have someone who's been injured a lot, I still think they should make the all-star team, but you shouldn't put them as starters, right? Because to me, that's just kind of dumb, in my opinion. I know like there's like the fan vote, there's the media vote and the player vote or whatever. But like if there if a player has been injured, like a lot of the times, I think there should be like some sort of threshold that like factors into that. I don't know what it should be, but it should like, if there's like more deserving people on the bench who like have been playing longer, I guess they should play over. There's, there's two things I have issues with the starters. It's like one, like Vishal was saying, like uh, all four of the front court guys deserve it. But then first we're saying there's a center and then two forwards and two guards, right? At least that's how it was originally. And now there's like two guards and three forwards. 
but like in a traditional lineup, it would be Embiid and two forwards. But in the East, we have like three forwards, and then in the West, we have like a center and two forwards. That's like my first issue with it. And the second issue is like, when the when does games played matter? Because I think Zion has missed more than half of the season, and then he is a starter. <laughs> yeah, he missed so much time. But then so did AD miss half of the season. And honestly, if you ask me, I think AD was playing at a better level than Zion was at the time. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. It's, all this whole is very shaky to me. I agree. Shouldn't have voted for Zion. Um. Yeah. Let's let's get into the reserves a little bit. I think there's like a lot more controversy in controversy in the reserves at least. Um. So in the East, it's Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Demar Derozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton. Drew Holiday and Julius Randle, um, and then in the West we have Paul George, Shea Gildas Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Damian Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, John Morant, and Domantas Sabonis. Um, yeah, I mean we can start with the East. I don't know. I guess it still feels kind of weird to have like I don't know. I guess they are like kind of they are like all star ish players, but it just feels weird to have like Drew Holiday and like Julius Randle on this list. I'm not gonna lie. Vishal, do you Bro, think this snub my boy James Harden? Yeah, yeah, this James Harden. Terrible, yeah, he's been the biggest snub in the East. Yeah, I, I that is a pretty big snub. Vishal, do you agree with Drew Holiday um, getting all star vote? Or I actually was not expecting it. I think James Harden should have got it, but I think. Um, the coaches like uh, prefer to have like the higher uh, seeded team with like two all stars rather than lower seeded ones. So like that worked in the West too because like Anthony Davis didn't get it even after having better stats than um, um, JJJ. Um, but like it was because they didn't want a team which was a lower seed to have two all stars over the team which was a higher seed, and that usually yeah. works against you. And that I think sense. that's why James Harden didn't get selected, but otherwise he should be in. But you're talking about a two seed versus a three seed, though. Drew Holiday versus James Harden, right? At the time, at least. Because they already had the Nets with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And so it's, so that one's already a lower seed with two. Now you're going to put two more. That's That worked the same way against Randall and like Jalen Brunson. You can't have <laughs> both of them when you have like a higher team with like just one all-star. Or that's what they believe in. And I feel like that's why it happened. But I feel like it should just be like all stars, just like individual seasons, and not like seating wise. There was a I, I listened to JJ's podcast sometimes, JJ Reddick podcast, and he was saying like when this whole all star format was first created, like whatever fifteen or twelve guys each side, yeah, that was when there was twenty teams in the league. So now that we have like thirty teams, right, and like I think this is like the most talent we've ever had in the NBA, like ever, right? I think they should like. Think about expanding the spots, like not like six spots each, but like I don't know, like make it fifteen, like, like NBA roster fifteen each, right? I don't understand what fifteen would hurt. Three more spots probably fixes all the snubs. Obviously, once you get fifteen, there'll be more snubs, but I think like you can justify those snubs versus like how what you're missing out year after yeah. year after year. No, but then that would. What's the difference between an All Star roster and a All NBA roster? Because the All Star roster you get to play, like if you remember, like the last guy who gets selected hardly plays. Like Rudy Gobert, Lahardy played. Um, uh, that's, because, that's, was nah, that's that's because Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert, bro. If he was like actually like a guard or a forward, like the, like even like Jaron Jackson Jr., like how much do you think they're gonna play him in this game, bro? 
No, 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 but that's the thing, though. Every year, like one or two guys just barely play, and now you're talking about adding three more players on each oh, side. Oh yeah, that's true. Which I feel like there's not enough. It also makes the accomplishment a little bit like worth less, right? If you have a, because like all yeah. everyone will be like, oh yeah, this guy only made the All Star team when they're like 15, <laughs> and yeah. as opposed to when they were 12. But uh, wait, Michelle, what I'm saying is, I understand the whole playing aspect. Like that's like a whole one side of it. But like this is like where contracts are involved. Like people making like you know eight time All Star appearances, stuff like that. Like that's in your contract. Like people get paid off of this yeah. kind of stuff. Like forget the games played. Like a guy making All Star versus him not making it is like millions of dollars, right? And like him getting yeah. a contract. So that aspect matters. Like okay, maybe not in the case of James Harden, but like Pascal Siakam, if he's looking for the next contract, I, I for sure think another All Star vote would make a difference. Same thing with AD. And now JJJ getting an All Star uh, like um addition. Like, does he really deserve it over other guys? And then that's gonna boost his chance for getting a better contract, even though he doesn't deserve it. So it's stuff like that that I think about, not exactly the playing side of it. I mean, but that also comes down to the media vote, right? Not the media vote, the fan vote, because like these players are not exactly like really famous with the fans because they play in like small, um, small town teams, which is going to yeah. work against them. And in, yeah. in the sense that because not a lot of people are following them, they're going to get paid less because this uh, this entertainment business. So I think it makes sense, sort of, because people complaining that like fans get a vote. But then you're getting paid more if more fans want you to play on the team, which I feel like makes sense. And that's why the All-Star is the way it is. Yeah, that's and fine. Then, I mean, I think the one thing they should remove, though, is like because in all NBA, I think they like they don't have the position. They're not like strict on the positions anymore, right? Like in all NBA, they just choose like the five best players. Then like the, the, they choose like their in, in their opinion, like the top five players, then like five to ten and then ten to fifteen. Right. But I think they should do the same thing at All-Star, bro. Like, dude, just look at the West. Like. If you have Steph and Luca, right? Like instead of Zion being the other starter, it should easily be a guard. Whether you think it's like it should be like Shea or Dame or Ja Morant, it should easily be one of the guards, in my opinion, over Zion. Yeah. Who starts? But and then like it is yeah, like restrict. In, in that same aspect, you can see it for the East. Like I would put Embiid over Kyrie or uh, Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I agree. But, yeah. But, but, because at the end of the day, like this is not the starting lineup. These five guys aren't going to play for the same team. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a draft and all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, and yeah, like, exactly, exactly. You're right, you're right. And like, so I don't know. I just don't think it would hurt to add like a couple more spots. But like, then again, like it's the same aspect. Like once you get 15, then there's always gonna be snubs. But then yeah. here's the thing. Like here's the thing. So now, like as far as okay, there's two things from this. KD and Kyrie are both on the West right now, right? Is that everyone that's traded teams, right? On this roster, yeah. So KD and Kyrie are on the West. So even though there's no East and West, it's kind of like. Uh, and another thing is. Kevin Durant is not going to be playing. We don't have probably not Zion, probably not Jalen Brown, probably not. Like, okay, yeah. So, so I guess those three guys. So I guess in those aspects, if you're and taking Steph out Kevin, Curry. oh yeah, and Steph Curry. So so if you replace Kevin Durant with I'm assuming James Harden, because I guess he's still considered an East starter, because because this is one question because you know how Adam Silver he'll like replace the injured guy with the guy in that conference in the same position. But now what do you do when both these guys are in the West? Do you still replace it with the East player? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're still going to replace it with the East player. Okay, so then I guess James Harden takes Kevin Durant or Jalen Brown's spot and then maybe Pascal takes Kevin Durant's spot. Oh, uh, Jalen Brown is hurt, right? Yeah, he got a facial fracture. Think, yeah, he's out until the outcome is in the probably yeah. Pascal. And then the West, I guess, replace... Uh, Zion with AD and then Steph with 
Nah, they'll they'll make uh like I think like Sabonis or some shit will start and then they'll add uh AD to like the bench, right? You're not gonna go straight to starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying as far as like replacements, like for the actual person itself. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Then. So then if Steph's out, then who's who else has got snubbed in the West? Do you guys think? Uh, oh, oh, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron yeah, Fox. Shrewd, come Fox. on, Shrewd, How did you not speak about that? Come on, you fake Fox fan. Bro, I'm just forgetting who's. I haven't been keeping up with that, to be De'Aaron honest. Fox is a massive snub, bro. You should have yeah. been. For sure. I mean, what is I, I'd, I'd agree that Sabonis is probably the like the engine that runs that offense, and probably yeah. like I wouldn't say the best player, but he's bro, like. But he's still, really like I don't know. I just get shaky about like putting like these because like I, like when you think of All Star, right? Like it should be some like. I don't know. There's like different, like the definitions of all star. Cause like towards the bottom of the roster, like you just have like really good, like core starters, but like they're not like all stars in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bro, like Jaron Jackson Jr. and like Drew Holiday, but they're not like who you think of when you think like, oh, all star. Like they're just like really core, like starters on like good teams, which is pretty much why they got it. Vishal, can you give me your whole analysis on how Jaron Jackson made this? Cause I didn't realize this until today. I didn't even check these rosters. No, it's, it's, it's done by the coaches, and um, the coaches prefer, or like they've like historically preferred to have the higher seeded team with like two all stars, because it doesn't make sense for a lower seed team to have two all stars and be a lower seed. So, and and I think like most of the time the wild cards, that's the like eleven and twelve. Yeah. Those two spots are usually like players like who are playing on a high seeded team, and like those role players or like second stars get it. Yeah, and like yeah, I mean, I'm mean, going back to the uh, taking out the position though. Would you rather take out the position or the conference? Because we say like we play positionless basketball, right? But if you look at the All Star like uh, drafts for the last four years, every time yeah. like they drafted, they match the position almost every time. What do you like mean? one guy picks a center, the other guy picks a center, and then like one guy picks a guard, the other guy picks a guard. Which means the position still like matters. Like, like if you remember uh, Westbrook's uh, MVP season, Western guards like he didn't get selected because it was Steph Curry and James Harden making it over him. But then, would you have a team with like Steph Curry, James Harden, and Westbrook on the exact same team playing, or would you have two guards and three front courts? I feel like the conference should be eliminated before like the position, though, because if you think about this year, like I feel like Embiid would have made it over like uh, Zion. And like Shea has a legitimate case to make it over like Donovan Mitchell on the other side. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just like a position, I would say like. Yeah, I guess that makes sense too. But, but, but then the issue is like, what if you have 20 starters from the West and then 10 from the East? Like, you think that's fair in total? I mean, yeah, if, I you, if you look at it next year, right? Like, the West is stacked right now. I feel like that's yeah. fair. Yeah, and it's not yeah, like we're doing this at the start of the season. It's like around sixty percent of the season's done. So like you played interconference games, so you know like who's what. It's not like that. Some teams haven't played with the Western Conference teams. Yeah, yeah, but and I don't know how you how much you can like if that happens, then you start talking about oh yeah, that just made the playoffs. No conference list. You know, I, I don't know. Like I, I know this is like <laughs> it's all fun and games. It's all all star snub. But like I'm on the aspect of like this is like. When someone retires, they always say 12-time All-Star, this kind of All-Star. So this kind of stuff, like, matters in the grand scheme of things. So, like, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Vishal, with that aspect. But, like, I don't think they'll ever do it. Yeah. No, they'll eventually do it. We just have to open so. the gates. They just opened the All-Star draft. So, like, I think, like, they'll do it eventually. 
because the all-star game is just fun it's not like the playoffs where like people actually like care you just have fun so like they can do like whatever they want and they can like because even now like they changed the basketball game bro like the fourth quarter is a target score yeah but you complaining about like changing the conferences they changed the entire basketball game into like pickup basketball and you think they can't do this they definitely can (laughs) yeah that's true yeah all right uh Let's go on to that, uh, or let's talk about, uh, before we get to the trades, um, let's talk about uh, LeBron breaking the uh, all-time scoring record. Uh, they played the Thunder on Tuesday, two days ago. Um, I mean, it was a pretty eventful game, honestly. I felt like that whole, like, vibe of the crowd was insane. Like, it seemed like the crowd was ready to explode, like, every time, like, LeBron touched the ball and whenever he scored. It was, like, an insane, like, force of momentum. Um, he did end up getting it in the third quarter uh with like a shot over Kenrich Williams um uh, with like 10 I think it was 10 seconds left in the third quarter um then after that they like stopped the whole game they had like a whole like celebration and stuff it was pretty crazy honestly um I mean I know like obviously like if you put it into perspective like the history is insane like this is something that we might never see like happen again in our lifetimes probably a lot of people thought they would never see it happen in their lifetime but it did end up happening so I'm fine that they like stopped the game. I just think it was kind of weird to like it was just kind of weird to watch, I guess is what I want to say. It just felt like the game was over at that point. And then it felt like after they were done <laughs> the celebrating, then like the the new it felt like a new game started in the fourth quarter. And then it was just like, okay, like the Thunder won that second game. <laughs> it felt I, like it was like, was like LeBron hit like some buzzer beater walk off to like be down by like five points. And they celebrated yeah. like they won the game. And then the fourth quarter ensued. But just thoughts on that. Let's hear Shrewd's thoughts on that. The, our resident uh, LeBron. Okay. <laughs> I understand your point, but you realize 95% of the people watching that game were watching it for one reason, right? Yeah. And that yeah, was just true. to yeah, see obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. So like, I had, like, I'm sure, like, it, maybe, like, it felt a bit odd, but, like, I had no problem with it. And, like, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to remember, like, it being odd at all. They just remember that shot. Yeah. And they'll remember... uh Bryant trying to take the shot away from LeBron, asking <laughs> for the ball. That's why he got traded, bro. That's all you have to say, shoot. Like, are you happy for this <laughs> I mean, man? Yeah, it, was, like... it was it was historic. There's nothing else to be said. And I don't think this is gonna be broken like for the next forty years. Whatever he puts it at, like forty four or forty five K. I mean we say that and then every record gets broken. So I'm pretty sure there was 20 years ago, guys were having a podcast about Kareem's record never being broken, and here we are. I mean, that's the hard part, though. Yeah. Someone will have to play like like Luca is gonna have to play like 20 years or some shit. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Luca can barely play five years with his diet. I don't think he can do it. So like, <laughs> that's what so. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I mean, yeah, it, game, it was a pretty uh... fun game to watch, though. There, there were like a ton of viewers. If I'm not, I think this is like one of the most viewed games in like recent history. I think it was like well, it's like compared to like a playoff level. I think it was like three million viewers or something compared to like n- playoff games, which is pretty crazy. I was not one of them. So no, they were comparing the game to a royal wedding because you basically had like all the billionaires <laughs> in the, oh. the court. <laughs> yeah, the celebrities were insane. Uh, no, this reminded me of uh, Kobe's last game actually. Oh yeah, the way, was like, there were so game. many celebrities there. And, like, every time they touch the ball and, like, they're feeding LeBron, like, how they fed Kobe. And they, they're just, like, score, score, score. So it was, like, a very similar vibe to me, it felt like. You know what the difference is, Shruto? Kobe actually won that game. So, uh... True. 
Nah, something. Yeah, something was weird. Know. Wait, did you guys see like that? A the Anthony Davis thing where he's like sitting on the bench and he's just like, bro. Did you if you watched him the whole game? Oh, yeah. it was so weird. Like, bro, he wasn't even cheering when LeBron. Like, even like even like before that like score happened, he wasn't even cheering. Like when LeBron would have a bucket, like not even a clap. He just had like no emotion. It felt really really weird. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's up with him. There was like a yeah, lot of talk that they said he might be injured, but even though, even if he was injured, he should have still like celebrated it. Yeah, it exactly. Exactly. I don't know. That really made me think like he was gonna get traded. I mean, obviously he didn't get traded, but it made me think like he's. It's just like a very weird scenario for him. Uh, we'll get into the Lakers a little bit more, but damn, I mean, I, I was surprised that the Thunder actually came away with the win in this one. I just thought the momentum was like insane after LeBron scoring that. But I don't know. They're I give them credit. They're persistent and they ended up with the win. Um, yeah, uh, let's go shoot, into. Shoot, I'm yeah. surprised with all your uh, day trading and not uh, uh, all that stuff and not worried about sports betting. I'm surprised you didn't go buy a ticket for this game. You should have. Which game? The, this oh, game. The, okay. Yeah. City. Nah. What is that in LA? I'm yeah. traveling oh, there. Not a real LeBron fan. <laughs> yeah, I should have. It was a great game, though. I'm fine that yeah. we lost. Yeah, that 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 was it. Was a, it was still an iconic game, though, for sure, man. Like that video of him hitting the shot will like be in history. Um, for sure. No, but let's go on to uh, some of the trades. Um, so let's start with the first one on February fifth. Um, Kyrie Irving requested a trade. I think it was February third where he requested a trade from the Nets. Uh, within two days, he was moved to the Dallas Mavericks. So it's Kyrie and Markeith Morris going to Dallas. Um, Brooklyn gets back Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick, and two second-round picks in 2027 and 2029. Um, to me, I don't know. I feel like this deal was pretty wild. Um, I just like didn't really anticipate that, uh, you know, like Kyrie would. I, the Mavericks were like a surprise team. Everyone wanted that Lakers pairing, but I give Dallas like I, I mean th- this is just like a ton of. I feel like Dallas had a lot of balls to make this trade, especially because I don't know Kyrie could just walk this off season and he's pretty like mentally unstable, and you have like no idea like what he's gonna do personality wise. But um, yeah, so what are you guys' thoughts on the Kyrie trade to Dallas? Who wants to go I mean, first? They looked uh, really good. At least yesterday, even with only Kyrie, I think it could be a good pairing. But yeah, like you said, there's always the risk that you just walk. I mean, I, I feel like do. there are like three things with the trade. The first thing is, um, at first I was afraid like they just traded away like even more uh, defense with Dorian Finney-Smith, probably like like their best defensive guy for Kyrie. But then later it made me realize like Dallas is 24th in defense with Dorian Finney-Smith anyway. So they'll yeah. just try the Rockets way where like just play no defense and try to win with like even more offense. And the second one was I felt like for Kyrie, like the asking price, like at least they should have given like two first rounders and so just one. But then I guess Kyrie without a contract and the risk of walking away, they just gave one first round pick. So like I guess like Dallas did not give give up much for someone's Kyrie's like caliber when it's just like one first round. So, like, they took the risk, but, like, even if Kyrie walks, I don't think they lose anything this season. At least they got... Because they were under a lot of pressure to get 
uh, Luca another star. And if you look at the market right now, like I don't think they had a better chance than Kyrie Irving. So I think this is the best they got, and they just took advantage of it. Even if Kyrie walks, walks, I still think it's a win. Like just if they made like the like, I think their ceiling was probably like Western Conference um final this year. Yeah. But even if they lose in the second round to like the Suns or like stacked or something like that, and they do take it to like six or seven games, I feel like the trade is a win. Yeah, I agree with you because like you've been saying they've been asking for Luca to get some help, and like this is the help they need. So if it works out, it works out. If not, then like whatever, you're back where you were before the trade, anyways. So like it was worth the risk, and you're giving up a 2029 first round pick. Like ba- assuming you have Luca, you're probably gonna have that's probably like a 20th or 21st round pick or something, right? So it's not that big of a deal. Um, I I don't know. I like the issue is like long term. You can get into that in the free agency. Like we can't get into that now. I think right now. I think Kyrie is just playing for a contract and he's gonna play his heart out. He's gonna do what they're gonna do. I th- I think they were they're definitely a threat in the West to at least be a conference finals team. I don't know about contender, but like Luca and Kyrie, that could very much be a scary pairing, especially if you could play one off the court and one on the court at different times and stagger them. Like I, I, I like Shoot said, like it was working against the Clippers a couple of nights ago, or I think last night. Um, so I, I think they they got a lot better for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty much like impossible to like like it's very difficult to guard them. Um, like I, I don't know how. Yeah, it's like almost like I would say virtually impossible to guard them if they like figure out how to be in sync. And I don't know. I think the main thing is like. I saw a lot of tweets about how people were saying that, oh, there's only one ball. How are they going to share it? But Kyrie has showed he can excel in, like, situations where he plays, like, a little bit off the ball. Like, you could say, like, his best years came with LeBron when he was with the Cavs. He was a little bit in a more of an off-ball role. Um, Even with the Nets, like, he played with KD, like, pretty much the whole time, right? Um, I guess on the Celtics, he was a little bit more on-ball. But even then, like, it wasn't that crazy. Like, He's not, like, some insanely ball-dominant guy. I think he can, like, pick and choose his spots and um, do some damage. But yeah, this is – it's a fantastic addition. I mean, I don't I, – I still – I wouldn't take them to go to the finals, but, like, it increases their ceiling. And, like, who knows? Like, if they get hot for, like, a couple of – like, if they get hot for one series, I think anything could happen, right? If, if Kyrie and Luka are both, like, hitting it on full cylinders. And especially if you can convince him to come back next year, then this is definitely a great move. Because then Kyrie and Luca, like that's a pretty formidable duo, at least for the next couple of years, if you can make it work. Um, I mean, that's the question. Like, if do you trust the mentally stable, unstable Kyrie? If you want to, yeah. you know, that's the whole issue. But like, that's the whole thing they could tackle. I mean, I, I was just joking around saying, like, you know, he's uh, whatever anti-Semitism or whatever. So. I hope he doesn't find out about Mark Cuban's religion or else he might leave the team. I mean, this is going to be his contract year, though. So I feel like he's going to ball out. Like, he's just going to, like, just ball out the rest of the season and not have, like, any drama because he needs a contract in the offseason. Okay, well, why was he doing that in Brooklyn? He could have, he was he was doing that in Brooklyn and he was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. After the, he got lost to the Celtics by 40. So what, what changed? He wanted out because, like, Brooklyn should have given him a contract by now. I feel like him... Uh, asking for a trade is justified because Brooklyn were banking on the fact that the Nets win the championship and then they give Kyrie a trade. Yeah, And that's almost like, it's a really uh, hard ask because you already have Celtics and Bucks in the same conference and you need to get past that to the finals and then win. I feel like that's a lot to ask of Kyrie because he's like basically playing the entire season. KD is injured and he's carrying the team. He has like uh, possibly to get injured. 
and like he's still playing past that and like why would he risk like just think about it from his mind like why why would he risk all that to not get paid with the nets at the end of the season and like i feel like that's why he asked for it obviously like people compare like he had so much drama so justified but like once you think about why Kyrie did it and and i still feel like he's going to ball out the rest of the season without drama just because it's just like contract year but once they sign him this off season i feel like he'll start again I don't think it matters if he balls out with the rest of the season with no drama, though. Because everybody already knows he's a very talented player. So what difference does it make, right? It's like his attitude. Yeah, the Lakers are going to offer him that contract if the Mavericks don't, bro. No, but, the, but like it, it depends on like how much, though. Like, Are you guaranteeing him this much? You can have like a part-guaranteed contract. Because if he's going to have more drama and misses games, they'll have like guarantees based on like the number of games you play and non-injury. And, like, that's not something you want on your contract. So I, I feel like that's the reason why. Like, he'll get paid either way. It's about, like, how much he's getting guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Before we move on to the rest of the Nets moves, let's just hop in because we have uh, Uzair joined us. So he's a notable Clippers fan. So, uh, Raj, do you have the Clippers notable, moves? Notable, the only. <laughs> uh, it is notable. Uh, What are the Clippers moves? So they got rid of Luke Kennard, sent him to Memphis. They got Eric Gordon and three second round picks, and they and then they got rid of John Wall, and I guess they got Mason Plumlee for Reggie Jackson to Charlotte, and is that everything? And then they got Bones Highland. Is that correct? Eric Gordon. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, Eric Gordon, and then Bones Highland, right? So yeah. All right, was there? Floor is yours. What do you think about this? What do you think about the moves the Clippers made? Well, I mean, I had a bunch of thoughts like as it was happening, but it makes a little bit more sense once like a pretty much finished, I guess, their first wave of what they're trying to do. To me, it seems like we're trying to make sure our defense is good, especially when we don't have Kawhi on the floor or PG on the floor. Um, you know, that's why we got players like Plumlee, Eric Gordon. I don't really know anything about Bones Highland, besides the fact that he has a cool name, but I'm going to look into him a little bit more. Um, but He's a straight I mean, bucket getter. Yeah. Yeah, so he's probably yeah but he doesn't play defense, team. though. Yeah, he's probably just going to be that Jamal Crawford off the bench or something. He's basically um, used there. Yeah, basically. Um, so, I mean, if we don't get Russ and wait, the trade, the, the trade deadline end already. Yeah. Yeah. It's four over. hours ago. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly. Uh, who we're gonna have facilitate our offense at this point, but um, we'll see going forward. But overall, I think, I mean, it sucks losing Luke Kennard because he's a really reliable shooter and he's he's very he's rarely underrated pickup when we got him. Reggie Jackson also grew, but I mean, he was kind of growing out of his usefulness. Um, he really had that one good playoff series, um, I think either last year or two years ago. But, I mean, that's just the business, right? If things just don't work in time, the owners and GMs are going to switch it up regardless of, you know, anything else. So, I don't think yeah. like talent was ever your issue with the Clippers. Like, I mean, the only thing you could say was play, you need a playmaking point guard. It's just more about getting these guys on the court and staying healthy, you know. And that's just the biggest concern. Like, obviously, everyone here always like always says that like I am the biggest believer in the Clippers. And I mean, the, bro, they have the talent, and like if they're just able to put it together, uh, like they should have won the championship two thousand twenty one. If Kawhi didn't get hurt, in my opinion. So like. They were my favorites to win the West this year, going into the season. And, like, I think even with these moves, it didn't change much for me. I still think they're only probably one of the only teams with the Suns maybe that could beat the Warriors and win the conference. 
It's just about them playing on the court together. And that's the biggest issue with the Clippers. Yeah, yeah I agree. Be... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, it's, 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 I mean, you're telling me, right? So, like, I've been watching this for the past, like, several years. It's just, like, people telling me, oh, man, the Clippers are great. And then I go into every season knowing that Kawhi's probably going to miss, like, half the season. And then when he comes back, yeah. he's not going to be able to fit back into the rotation properly. Um, he's probably going to have, like, a good, like, 20, a streak of, like, 30-point games. But that's not going to really translate to success in the playoffs. Because you need, you need consistency. You can't have one-offs like that. Like, it's, it's not going to work. And you're not meshing well with your team then it's going to be worse. I don't know, like, how it's going to work now. We're going into All-Star Weekend, like, not soon, but fairly soon. Um, but after that, we're just going to have to, like, put our foot put on gas and then just, like, I don't know. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to play Kawhi, PG. I guess we're going to have Eric Gordon, Gordon like, facilitating our offense a little bit. I mean, because we lost Reggie Jackson and John Wall, so it's, like, it's a little tough right now. So, I don't know. I think Russ is the move. I think you have to do it. We we have to. I mean, if we if we don't, we're asking Kawhi and PG to run the offense, which is just never gonna happen. Or or we have Terrence Mann run the offense, which I mean, he's gotten a lot better at. He's gotten a lot better at just like his court vision, but he's not at that level yet. He's still the the person we need to hustle on defense and be able to get a bucket. So he's not at that level yet. He's not like at a Shea level or anything like that. Michelle and Raj, what do you guys think the whole Clipper stuff? Uh yeah, I mean I I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, I like the Mason Plumley pickup. I think like that's like now with like Zubak and whatever uh, Mason Plumley like they have like a pretty good center rotation. I guess I don't even know who they had at like backup center, but I guess now they at least have one. Um, we I find it like pretty odd that they like decided to like like just basically ship out both uh like point guards in like Reggie Jackson and John Wall. Um. And then, like, I don't know, they did get Eric Gordon and Bones Highland back as, like, guards. But it's kind of like what we were talking about, right? Like, those are, like, I guess for the time being, they might be, like, the guys who run the offense. Or they'll they'll have the ball in their hands along with, uh, probably Terrence Mann will still start. Um, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's just kind of weird that they shipped off both their point guards if they didn't have, like, some sort of inkling that maybe they could get someone in the buyout market. I mean, obviously, like, Westbrook is ideal. It's not a guarantee, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, his, I think it could like take a little bit of time, I guess, just because his contract is insanely huge. So working out that buyout with uh, the Jazz is like a lot, is a little bit weirder and takes a little bit longer than it does for other contracts who have like smaller deals, right? So that's like definitely one move. If they get Russ, then I'm like a lot more confident in that team, especially because I don't know, I feel like Tyron Lue can just probably like make it, he'll just explain to him and he's a, he's a good coach. He'll figure out how to use him. So I think like that that's like the main thing, right? Even though like he's been like putting up decent numbers in the Lakers, even though like it's not like on par with the rest of his career, it's still pretty good numbers for like any player in the NBA. But again, I just feel like they weren't using him correctly a lot. And I feel like with Tyron Lue, he'll do that. And he's always played well whenever he's had like uh like you know, really good like forwards on his team, like Paul George and Kawhi. He's always played well with those teams. So Yeah, man. I mean, listen, like I've been I think we've both been saying they just need a playmaking point guard. And I don't know if any of these moves get that. If Like anything, you said they got worse as a point guard. So I yeah, think that's why I find it odd. Like, why would you just else? gut like, both of them without like having they're... a... Huh? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I feel like Russ is the only move or like, I don't know how they're better than how they've been playing the first half of the season. Because like, I clearly saw in that Southern Clippers game that I was watching that like, 
like the one, the biggest reason I was like the biggest proponent of the Clippers is because they're just like the better version of what the Celtics can be or should be, right? And then, and 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 I realized the difference in that game was just the lack of chemistry between Paul George and Kawhi. They just didn't know what to do late game situations because you can clearly say they haven't been playing together. And then like not being able to just facilitate and play make at the end of games. And they need a Marcus Smart kind of player, someone to initiate the offense. And like I don't see any of these moves doing that for me. So like I think Russ has to be the move, or I don't know how much of a threat. They have to have a leg up on him. Like if they really want him, they have to be like the favorites to get him. Just because like I don't know if you're like Russ, you're like what thirty three years old. Like you're not trying to move to like Utah for like, and especially even if he plays for Utah, like he's not gonna resign there after this season. So like if you're like Westbrook, like for you, L.A. Clippers is the most ideal location. Like. You don't even have to move. You can still see your family, and I don't know shit like that. Definitely matters to to a player as they get older. So, uh, Vishal, am I crazy for still believing in this Clippers train? I mean, if you look at the Clippers' new roster, they definitely added more shooting. Like they added like Eric Gordon. They got rid of John Wall. I think their like bargain with John Wall was they knew John Wall couldn't shoot as much. But then if he's like a driving point guard, because Clippers play a lot of ISO ball. And a driving point guard could easily kick it out to one of their shooters, and they just keep scoring. Because I, I watched like maybe like five or six Clippers games this season, and all the time they basically I don't see them play like team basketball. They play ISO ball a lot. Yeah. Like even when PG's driving, like Kawhi doesn't even cut. He stays on like the outside or yeah. like by the baseline, and then they pass yeah. it out, and then he does his own ISO things. And I feel like right now the moves they made, they took out Reggie Miller, who was another ice, not Reggie Miller, my bad, Reggie Jackson, uh, for another, um, uh, for Eric Gordon, who's a shooter, but not like ISO player. He can like shoot off the side. And now like all they need is like one driving point guard. And I feel like Westbrook is that perfect fit because he's he cannot shoot. All he has to do is like drive at full speed and kick it out. And they're going to have like four like really good shooters on the outside. And like him driving also like draws like people into the paint, so I feel like this should help them. But obviously, without Westbrook, like um, right now, I have the Clippers as like the fifth best team in the West. I think Ooh. like Nuggets Ooh. have the edge. I have the Nuggets have the edge over the Clippers. Like that's just like my opinion. But like if they can like pull it together, like they could be, they could be like the third or second in power ranking. But for now, I have them as five until I see them, like, actually play. Who are the four yeah, better? The better teams right now, I have, like, uh, Nuggets, Suns, Mavericks, and Warriors. For now. Mavericks is interesting to me. Mavericks is yeah. interesting, but um, they did make it... They I know they lost, like, multiple times, and they're probably heading onto a collision course into a first round, four and five again. Yeah. I think it's going to be four or five Mavericks and Clippers, but... Um, I'm giving the, giving them the edge right now, just because of like what I feel like the Mavericks can do, and like Luca and like Kyrie like balling out, and Clippers always like somehow breaking out in the playoffs. But if they do get a point guard, I think the Clippers will uh, win it. So like they would go higher, but that, I would still have them with like four or three, I guess, like based on like how you rank them and the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. But I still feel like Suns and Warriors still better than this team. Yeah. Right, say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna like, dude, if you just look at their competition too, like, all the teams that they're gonna go up against have like, re- like, way better like facilitators on offense, right? Like, the Warriors run their like system like bullshit that gets everyone like open threes. The Chris, like, the, the Suns have Chris Paul, 
the Nuggets have like Jokic. Like they all have like insane facilitators. So like they they have to step up that part of their game if they want to compete in the West for real. I think. Uh, Vishal, answer me this. So you're saying like they need Russ, but they're happy and they got rid of John Wall. But isn't just John Wall just like the Walmart version of Russ, a driver that can kick out? No, but that's the thing, though. John Wall did not drive and kick out as much as I expected him to. Like, if you look okay. at the season, like, what they expected yeah. John Wall to be, he wasn't that. That's why they traded him. Makes I sense. feel like if he was a Westbrook, they would have kept him, but he wasn't. And, like, that's what the problem is. Like, they need someone who can drive, get the basket, and if there is a person you draw on defense and you, like, put it outside, then that's all you need to do because the Clippers are so talented. Like, it's not, like, hard, but somehow let it, like, mess it up every time. I, I, I'm not a huge believer in like ISO ball, so like I hate I hate it when I look at it. But like you can still like win as long as you do that. Yeah. Oh, I, I see um, that Russ is Russ is number thirteen in drives per game. John Wall isn't even top fifty. So yeah, you're right. No, they expected John Wall to be there, but John Wall just like did not do that this season. So like, yeah. Yeah. Um let's go on to the the Lakers uh trades. Um so I guess the we'll talk about the main one first. Um so the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. The Minnesota Timberwolves get Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, second round picks in 2024, 25 and 26. And the Utah Jazz get Russell Westbrook and a 2027 Lakers first round pick, which is top four protected. Um, so, I mean, this is the move that they obviously used to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I mean, getting D'Angelo Russell is one thing, but I think getting Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, like, I don't know how you can't see this as like a as like a winner for the Lakers, just because like Beasley and Vanderbilt both prov- provide a little bit more size for them. Like, if you look at what the Lakers were rolling out the whole, like, season, they pretty much had so many lineups where they were playing, like, Westbrook, Schroeder, and Patrick Beverly. And it's like, okay, but I, like, you could play two guards, right? But it's only going to work to some extent. Like, these are, like, first of all, it's not like Russell Westbrook is, like, in his prime. And it's, like, Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder are just, like, I don't know, average to below average players right now, in my opinion. Um, those lineups were not working. So, for them to be able to add, like, size, like, but they would have, like, lineups where Russell Westbrook is guarding the center. So just having lineups with like more size and Beasley and Vanderbilt, two forwards who can definitely at least defend better than anyone they've had. Um, they can hit shots from the outside. Getting D'Angelo Russell, I mean, I don't know, honestly. I can't tell. I, I feel like he was a little bit washed in Minnesota towards the end, but I don't know. Maybe he has more in the tank and maybe it was just the weird Minnesota vibes. Maybe it was him taking a back seat to like the other players and Anthony Edwards and Carl uh, Anthony Towns there. But um, yeah, what were your guys' thoughts on this trade? Truth, the floor is yours, buddy. Yeah, uh, I thought it was, like, huge because, like, even from, like, last year, halfway through, you could tell, like, Westbrook just didn't fit into this lineup. And, like, they weren't winning games. They couldn't hold leads. Like, even when they were healthy, like, you could tell they weren't, like, championship level. So I thought, like, it was, like, massive that they could actually get compensation. Like, the whole year they were saying, like, uh, the Lakers had no trade value, right? So, like, the fact that they actually pulled this off, like, I'll give Palinka some credit. Uh, Like, yesterday was huge. I felt like even today, Loki today, I was, like, a bit disappointed. Like, we got Mo Bamba, and, like, that was pretty much it. And uh, we had to let go of Thomas Bryant, too. 
So I thought it was fine today. I thought they would do more. But yes, this trade was huge in my opinion. Like now we got like uh better defense, better three point shooting. Cause like Mo Bamba, she shoots forty percent from three. And uh D'Angelo Russell, I think even he shoots yeah, he's like thirty nine percent. It's like I think they're like Yeah, really I think before shooting. this trade, like the Lakers didn't have anyone in like the top fifty of three point shooting and now they have like two players who are like top fifty in three point shooting. Yeah, it's massive, I feel like. And I forgot, uh, who's the other guy that we got? No, even Davon. Malik Beasley's a good shooter. Yeah. So, like, I think it, they all fit well with LeBron. Uh, it opens up the floor. He could be better driving. That would help AD, too. Honestly, like, overall, I think it was massive. Yeah, and I, I for sure think the Lakers got better. Um, The problem is, though, you are the 13th seed and you're, what, right. like, you're five games behind the top six seed and like two games behind the play in spot. Like that really is the issue. And like yeah, I, I sent you guys be- I sent you guys before like the whole tiebreakers. You're already losing in the tiebreakers. So you're gonna need to outplay yeah. everyone here, which is like the biggest issue right now. Yeah, yeah plus like seventeen and ten lose. or some shit. They have to go like seventeen and ten. <laughs> it was only twenty seven games. Oh my god. Tonight. Uh yeah, they have like twenty six, yeah. I think twenty six games after all star twenty six or twenty seven games after all star Wow. Like, They're gonna have to go on a tear, but I think even for next year, and like I won't be here in a few years with the Lakers. What does that mean? I mean. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> but uh, who's gonna die? Like, who's not making it, bro? No, I'm saying like if you're an actual Lakers fan, then like this helps even their like long term future. I would say because like all I the mean, players, to be fair, they these guys are expiring young. though. I'm pretty sure they're all expiring. Well, yeah, but like they like. This shows like they have a like better, more competent front office than you would have expected. So I think this would attract superstars in the long term, even. Yeah, like I guess your only hope is for like the Kings to fall down, right? And the Timberwolves and Blazers. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm okay. I'm we're assuming the Lakers can pass Utah and OKC, right? And even OKC is a question, and then. Maybe if the Kings start crashing down, but it's still a lot of teams. Like you're probably gonna be a playing team. It's just way too many teams to contend with now. I don't think Kings gonna drop down. They're probably like gonna play against like Pelicans. Yeah, the Kings not gonna drop down. The okay. Kings are too, way too high to like drop down that much. I know you're gonna bring out the Pelicans, but I feel like Pelicans and Timberwolves are the ones like Lakers are trying to take out and get that playoff spot. So, Vishal, so they're the 13 seeds, so they need to get it to at least 10. So they need to jump what? They 13? need to jump Utah and OKC first, like whatever okay. happens. And then, like, I'm hoping, but because Portland just hit the reset, like, Portland traded um, Josh Hart. Like, they're they're not making the play and they're not even trying to. So, like, I don't think Portland's going to make it. So that means, um, that mean that would leave just like Pelicans and the and they're still gonna try though, bro. Just because they traded no, no, Josh Hart. They, they, they uh, what I mean is like uh, they're not gonna go like way too hard as the Lakers. I I hope the Lakers go really hard to like make the playoff, and I feel like Lakers are gonna like really try hard to like make that tenth or ninth seed, and then win the first game. And I'm hoping Warriors are not nine and ten along with them. And then like I think they would play the Timberwolves or the uh, Pelicans for that like last spot in the playoffs. And yeah. And if they have yeah, to make bro. the playoff, that means one of those teams have to lose. And, like, with this young roster, I feel like they could actually pull it off because there's, like, a whole new energy in the locker room. 
And like with the vampire out. No, I'm just kidding. I love Westbrook. That was a crazy quote, man. <laughs> crazy quote. Yeah. They're defaming that man. Like I've never seen anyone defame this hard. I I re- respect Westbrook. Like he took a hell of a shit. Like he wasn't even complaining like that. Like the yeah. past year. But yeah, it should be. He was still balling out. Yeah, he was better this year than last year, which is insane because the shit talking just like grew and grew. Like if you compare Russell Westbrook and Kyrie to like off court stuff, just look at the vast difference. Just the way they're able to handle stuff outside of the court is just insane. I think Kyrie would have retired if he had to face what Russell Westbrook faced. <laughs> yeah. Like I think he would just straight up retire. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, oh, wait, uh, no, well, yeah. So I mean, I guess like I, I think we all agree that the Lakers got better. Like I just, yeah, just, they have to, they have to, because. But I mean, like we all said, the plan isn't even guaranteed. Now they have to just jump a lot of teams, and like I don't know why Vishal said the Blazers are going another direction. I just think they made Josh Hart for Cam Reddish. I think that's just like a neutral move. I think they just needed a wing. I don't think they're gonna like. I don't think they're headed for like tanking Vishal. I think they're like gonna try to get in the plan, right? So like. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just a really long haul, and I feel like you need to win, like 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 Rod said, like seventeen, eighteen games. So it's just a lot to ask. But I mean, if anyone could do a LeBron, could yeah. do it. So. I also feel yeah, like the trade uh... they did today, like the Lakers, are probably like the best trade they've done in a long time because they actually didn't lose a lot of picks, and they only lost like one of those. Like the old Lakers would have just like the Westbrook trade. Like they would have just like given up both their picks. I think they just learned that lesson, and then like later on after the trade, they got like really three like solid players, and then they got rid of Thomas Bryant for like another like three second round picks, and like uh, Reed is still like a really good three point shooter, which is something they like really need. And then the Mo Bamba trade was just like they just needed a center, so they had to like do something to like get a center, so like that's why they got him. But I would still like prefer like the Lakers have Patrick Beverly because like the one reason you have him is for the playoffs. Like, it makes no sense for them to, like, have them the entire regular season and then just get rid of him right before the playoffs. But I felt like they had, like, no choice with, like, all the new guards and, like, no centers on the team. They had to do it. But yeah, apart from them, that, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, should go ahead. No, like, I was saying, like, the Mo Bamba trade was fine, but, like, if they could have gotten, like, an even better upgrade, like Bogdanovich, that would have been ideal, I felt like. Uh, like they could have done it too because they have the picks, right? Yeah, but that's a lot though. That's like a big, that's a big name guy. I feel like, but the Bogdanovich, yeah. you're not getting it for like you need at least one pick for that. The asking right now because I'm pretty sure the Lakers wanted like uh Jordan Clarkson from the Jazz, yeah. But like they weren't getting that without getting like three picks, so like there, there was no point. So like, yeah, you're asking for a big name person, like, and they like the Lakers just don't have that. So like, there's no way they could have got him. So, Raj, how does this work if it's top four protected? Like, so the Jazz got the Lakers twenty twenty seven top four protected first round pick. So that means like, if the if they finish as the one through four like spot, the, the Jazz get it or no? It then the Lakers no, get it. It's the opposite. Yeah, the Lakers get it. Okay, so if they finish as one through four, okay, so then the Lakers can tank on pur- purpose and then get the draft pick, right? I get. I mean, wait, it's still a lottery though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. There's no guarantee that it'll land top four. I mean, we're assuming by 2027, like, there's going to be... I mean, but having night. having that protection is still, like, nice to have, though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah then Michelle is right. They didn't give up anything. They just they gave, didn't up give up that anything. Pick. Yeah, that's yeah, why it's they so give good. Up that pick, which is basically your pick if you're bad then, right? And then that's it. Everything else is second rounders. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. they did a good job. 
in that aspect. So I guess they finally listened to LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go on to another trade. Oh, wait, the same trade. I'm also, like, just, like, going to the same trade, like, the other side. Like, I don't know why the Timberwolves gave up uh, Russell for, like, uh, Mike Conley. Yeah, I don't know what the, what the fuck they're doing. Either. Like, I don't I know what they're trying to do. I think it's an upgrade. Like, he's a better fit, I think. He's not as ball dominant, which, which like, I think they're transitioning into, like, this is Ant, Ant's team. So, like, D. Russ would, like, hold the ball a lot more than Conley would. And Conley's more of a facilitator and, like, a defender. So, I think he fits better. No, I don't watch a lot of Timberwolves game, but what do they need? Because they got, like, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Damian Jones. They need defenders. And... That's what they need. And, Mike, and these guys play defense more so than everyone else they gave up. Malik Beasley, I think, was one of the worst defenders in the league last year. And I, we know D. Russ doesn't play defense. I think Jared Honestly. Vanderbilt is the better defender for sure in that. Yeah, yeah. But, but but yeah, but Mike Conley and like Hill definitely he's like he's been known for his defense. So I think like I don't know if you want to, we can speak about the uh, Timberwolves real quick. Like I don't know, I'm I don't I know Vishal is a big promoter of Rudy Gobert. I've kind of got on that train too. Like I don't think the Jazz was necessarily his fault. I just think no one else play, wants to play defense on that team, and it's kind of the same issue in Minnesota right now. It's just him playing defense, and every time just someone gets blown by, no one wants to play defense. Everyone blames Rudy. I don't think Rudy's the issue. I just think you need to get defenders around him. And that kind of fixes the solution. I also yeah. feel like Rudy is, like, really, like, bad offensively. Like, I don't know why people don't pass it to him when he's open in the paint. Like, they just don't do it. Any other center, they would do it, right? Like, Donovan Mitchell didn't do it, and now, like, Anthony Edwards does, doesn't do it. Like, I don't know if he's really that bad in finishing, like, close-range buckets that, like, don't give it to him. But he's just funny to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I have no idea where the Timberwolves go from here. They just got like all those three players with Mike Conley. I don't know if it puts them like they're literally on a collision course with the Lakers for the exact same like last playoff spot. Yeah. So like this comes down to this trade because both teams did this trade and they feel like they can be the last playoff spot. Um, we'll have to like wait and see which one pans out. There's still like what three and a half games? What two? No two. Yeah, three and a half games ahead of the Lakers. Yeah, but that wouldn't matter if you're in the play-in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Because like, even if you're seven and eight and you lose to the Warriors, like seven and eight, like hoping so, Warriors seven eight, and then you're gonna play the nine and ten, which is probably yeah. like I'm hoping it's gonna be the Lakers. So like, yeah, that's why. There's a lot of hope from Vishal. I don't understand where is this hope coming from. What are you hoping yeah, for? <laughs> like, you hope this, you hope that, you don't hope this. No, I hope this because like uh, they like made this trade to like win, right? So I'm hoping like the Lakers like make it to the tenth seed. Why is there? What are you hoping for? Are you like is your own like your own biases? Like you want the Lakers to do good? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I want oh, them okay, to make okay. the tenth seed. Yeah, my bad. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'd be entertaining for sure if they made it, but I don't really care about that team, bro. There's so much drama, bro. Even like like random regular season, we have like so much. If drama. they don't make they it, it'd be hilarious. I'd laugh so hard. <laughs> but it is a very tough journey. Like I don't think we've. It is. It is. Like it's it's not as easy as the make it seem. They could, they're probably like a top six roster. But they're the 13th seeded team right now. So all they needed to do was win against the Pelicans and OKC, and they would have it. And they yeah. didn't do it, which means that they have to be a 13th seed. I don't know, like how you don't go try hard because you literally need those two games. Which is why yeah. I was mad at James a little because once he scored, like <laughs> in the fourth, <laughs> in LeBron, <laughs> but in the fourth quarter, like he just like he didn't even try. Like I saw him, yeah. like he just scored two points, and like he just like gave the ball. I don't know if he was tired. 
or whatever. Nah, like, he had something he wrong with his ankle. It looked like he like he subbed out of the game with like a minute left when Russell Westbrook was trying to win that game. <laughs> yeah, and then Anthony Davis didn't go try hard either. Oh, like that's what like was like so cooked, bro. Like that's why like the I like the Lakers let me down every time because like they just don't even try. Like they act as if like these games don't matter. Like even last yeah. time they were like, oh, we're built for the playoffs. We have LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. We're built for the playoffs. I mean, like you need to get to the playoffs first. <laughs> like they like barely try like these games. Like especially like the last two, it was basically head on head like conflict to for the exact same spot, and they lose it. And I'm like, bro, you just deserve to be 13. They're like, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. Very like, low key, the Jalen Williams, like the second one on the Thunder, he outplayed AD that game, bro. Very yeah. The, the, the Lakers don't try, and then you have all their fans complaining about, oh my God, the refs, the refs. We should have be, we should be six more wins, right? Right? Like all these. <laughs> it's okay, to be fair, that Boston one was kind of highway robbery, bro. No, I, I agree with you. Like that was a foul on Jason Tatum, but Anthony Davis couldn't score more than 15 points on Malcolm Brogdon. In the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, AD like, he didn't show up that game. Like that's the that's the thing. You like, know? They have like, other reasons. The refs is one of the reasons, but they also have other re- they have other problems. Yeah, I mean, I've, right. I've, I've I've had enough of my Lakers share. Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> I'm tired of talking about Lakers too. Uh all right, let us go to the Kevin Durant trade. So the Phoenix Suns <laughs> in the middle of the night get uh Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren. Um, the Brooklyn Nets get Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029, oh and a 2028 first-round pick swap. That's crazy. So, it is an insane package. The only thing that sucks for the Nets that I would say, though, is I don't think that pick will – like I don't think any of the picks will be useful – until the 2027 one. <laughs> Not 2025? I mean, I don't think they so. They have KD until contract until 2025, right? Yeah, so, and uh, Devin Booker. So, like, I don't and think... And DeAndre Ayton, probably. You guys are assuming Kevin Durant won't ask for a trade in like, two years? No, but then if they ask for a trade, they're going to get the picks back. You're going to assume yeah. they play. And, like, they're not trading him. So, like, those picks yeah. are a complete loss. So that's yes. The one issue with uh having... Okay, the one issue if you're in Brooklyn's spot, though, right, is, like, you have these good picks, but the problem is you don't have your picks because they traded to Houston, right? So that's where it becomes, like, whack because, like, normally, like, the other team's picks is what you want to use in trades, right? And your own pick, you can just tank and be like, okay, we'll just get a high draft pick with our, our own pick. Because, you know, we'll just build the roster badly so that we'll lose and we'll get the high talent. You don't have any control over these picks, right? Like, you don't know what the heck the Suns are going to be in any of those years. Um, and they don't, like, it, for them, like, they have no reason to not to try to be competitive because they don't have their own picks, right? So I'm sure, like, they'll just try to make, like, some 13 seed like, Laker-ass team out of this for the future. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think the initial like thing after when Kyrie announces uh, trade, um, like when he asked for like a trade, like the whole thing was like, okay, uh, where's Kevin Durant gonna go? Where's Kevin Durant gonna go? And then it became like the Nets aren't gonna trade KD because like the, the, the haul that they got back for Kyrie kind of seemed like they were gonna keep KD because the, like the, the what they got back was kind of like something that they could build around KD. It didn't seem like a rebuilding team. So I feel like if I thought from the Nets perspective, they like made the Kyrie trade expecting to try to keep Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was like, nah, I don't want this anymore. Send me out. 
So they kind of screwed the Nets over because then they, they could have went into free like full rebuild with the with the Mavs trade or just with the Kyrie trade in general and actually got like young assets back. But now they're just like the East Utah Jazz. They just have a bunch of good players, a bunch of good role players. Yeah. So like that kind of messed them up for the KD trade. I think they like now with this one they just got like kind of like a rebuilding. A squad, but then you still have like good players, Mike Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. I mean, I guess not Jay Crowder, but like Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. So, like, I don't know, I don't think they handled this well. And it's, of course, it's not their fault. Wait, but like, do you think like the Nets could have got something better than this for KD? No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying, yeah, like, I think this is probably the best you could do. Like, maybe, yeah, but best... then like it doesn't matter if they waited for the offseason, right? Because you're getting four picks and a pick swap and with like Michael, uh, sorry, Mikael Bridges. Yeah, this is probably and, the best they can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not denying that. So I feel like that's why they didn't wait because like no yeah. one's doing something better than this. Like this just. Like, I mean, five. I feel like Phoenix was the most desperate team, right? Because if you're like some team like the Grizzlies or like New Orleans, like they could have easily made a better package than this. But the thing is, I think those teams are like being patient, right? They're like, oh, like we'll wait it out, or like we'll wait until like Brooklyn will like you know reduce what their asking price is. But I think okay. Phoenix was the only one out of all those teams I was like truly desperate, right? Because. Like Chris Paul is waning, like Devin Booker is hurt. Like it, it pretty much looked like they were out of they're gonna be out of contention like after this year, right? Even like this year, their contention was shaky. No one had them like, oh yeah, no one thought like the Suns is gonna win. Yeah. So I think like they were like the easily the most desperate team. And you know, de- like if you're desperate, then you'll give up stuff and you'll make stuff happen. So also them getting the new owner at the right time was insanely like fortunate timing for them. That guy definitely pushed for this move or whoever, whatever his name is, like Matt Ishiba or something like that. Okay, so then uh, the roster was looking at. How do you guys feel about the Suns in general? I think they're fine, bro. I think they probably roster wise have the best uh, in in the in the West. No roster wise, I'll put them right behind the Nuggets, like roster wise. But yeah. then, like uh, starting five, I feel like the Nuggets. I mean, sorry, the Suns are better. The Nuggets have an insane roster, though. But then. The Suns have the better like star power in starting five. But who on the Nuggets? I don't know who on the Nuggets can guard uh, Kevin Durant though. Like you can at least put KCP on Devin Booker and like hope. But what do you, who is guarding Kevin Durant? Like Aaron Gordon? Are Nuggets even that good defensively? They're not. That, they're not. That's I mean, now overall, if you check their overall rating, no. But they've been a lot better as recently, of recently. Yeah. yeah. No, the thing with KD is like you don't actually put a good defender on him. You put someone like like PJ Tucker, where like he's gonna score anyway. You just like try to get him tired. That's all you can do. And, and, and that's what the Celtics did last year. They like put Al Horford on him, but they just kept sending random people to double team him. Right? That's kind of how you guard Kevin Durant. Like you're not gonna stop his scoring. So you just like, put you just yeah. You put like someone who's like average defensively. But like Al Horford is good though, but like usually teams just put like someone who's just like can get him tired, and the good defenders are the other people. I think Aaron Gordon would work if you put Aaron Gordon on him, and then yeah. random time you just send a bunch of people to just attack yeah. him. You know, like that's and the fine. Nuggets have the fifth uh, best defense in the West. In the West, okay. Um, no, okay, but okay, but okay, we just speak about the Nuggets. But I'm saying like. I mean, of course, you guys both know. Like, I'm a big proponent of the Warriors, and they can figure it out. If they if they end up being a top six seed, like that's a different question. But like, if they if they do get there, like I do think they they'll turn up their defense and they can kind of figure it out. And that's kind of a team that can figure out how to stop Kevin Durant because one they've they've had him on their team before, so they know how to figure it out. And Draymond is just like an insane defender, just in, like his mentality on defense and just his physical defense is just great. So like, I think that would be one team that could slow down this uh, Suns roster. And then yeah. if you're the Clippers, also the Clippers have they have the oh players. the Clippers is the best equipped yeah. team to guard them. 
Oh, no doubt yeah. they're the best equipped. Yeah. You no, have Clippers two guys for uh, like Paul George. Or, uh, they have two guys for Devin Booker and KD. They're, like, theoretically, they have the best team to defend them. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was saying, like, Clippers always match up defensively, like, really good with, like, every team. They're, yeah. like, on paper, they have PG and Kawhi that's just, like, shutting down wings. But the problem is, like, the Clippers is, like, they don't, like, show up in the, Like, if you look at the Bucks game, like, they depend on a lot on, like, jumpers. And, like, if they go in, they're, like, the best team on, like, like basketball. And then if it doesn't, they just, like, lose the game. Which is why, like, yeah. they lost, like, the Nuggets. Like, even, like, 2020, like, they weren't really bad defensively. They just, like, weren't making shots. And, like, the play calling was bad. And they, like, lost it. Yeah. But you're right, though. Like, I think, like, Clippers, like, defensively probably be the best. But the way I look at it, like, I feel like it's going to be... It could be Nuggets-Clippers, like, um, second round. I'm thinking, like, Clippers-Mavs first round. And then Nuggets-Lakers like first round. And, like, I think it's going to be Nuggets-Clippers second round. But... The um, West playoffs going to be spicy as hell, man. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, this might be yeah. the greatest West playoffs. Um, Okay, all right, so... Do both of you feel like the Suns are the favorites to win the West? Like, would they be your favorites? I'm not saying that until I well, like watch them play. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because, on paper, because, like, yeah. I haven't watched a single game yet, so like on I don't paper, want to they like... should be. But... Probably like because, either like, them, I... yeah, either them or the Nuggets would still be the favorites. But if they're not first, they're second, probably behind the Nuggets to win. Yeah, but that's on paper. How do you guys feel? So Vishal said he wants to wait. Same thing with you, Raj. I mean, I guess, but if I just like, I think they can do it. Yeah, I mean, I I hope. Bro, Kevin Durant is insane, bro. We I we can't like underrate like Kevin Durant. This man is insane. Like, he's one of like the top like t- he's like a top ten player, bro. They just added. Vishal, yeah. I hope. I hope. I hope. Vishal. I hope. Vishal. Vishal. I hope. I hope. Uh, I hope that uh the, the Warriors <laughs> don't make the finals. Um, I hope it is the Suns, but like I don't know. You know how he has not feel with the Warriors. I, I I think if they get in, they're like insanely good they're just so smart and they can kind of figure it out so i mean i hope this is the team that can stop the warriors from getting there yeah. and, or if they just lose in the play-in so i mean that's what i yeah i don't know if the suns can legitimately like guard the warriors because the warriors have like insane like game plans where they like yeah. run like off ball moment and i don't think like nah, they'll have to outscore the... them bro they'll have to outscore them yeah because even like know. the Bucks finals like two years ago, like the Suns like play calling was just like so rudimentary. They were just like trying to like shoot it around, and like Warriors would just destroy that. Yeah, I understand you have KD, but you also have Monty Williams as your coach, and that's also like he hasn't been like I know they they went they won sixty seven games last year or whatever it is, but like 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 Vishal said in those finals, he wasn't that smart with his play calling. So uh, that is an issue. Like the Warriors can definitely outscore them. But, like, it's the defense that's where the difference is. And the Warriors are just a better defensive team w- when they try. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight. And, of course, one injury can change this whole conference around. Like, I would say... That injury the... might change the whole conference right now. Who knows yeah, when he'll be I, back. I would say the favorites are definitely Nuggets, Suns, Clippers, Warriors. And I think that's, that'll be the only four to win the conference. So right, you have four there. favorites. Like that, you need to give like one or two. Like four is a lot. Okay, but my favorites is different than your favorites. My favorites is Warriors and Clippers, which is isn't what your favorites are. I like Nuggets and Suns right now, but if Clippers yeah. add Westbrook, I might change my mind. I'm just not a believer in the Nuggets because 
I think it's very easy to guard Jokic in a playoff series. And what? no, it's actually not. It's not true. It's the opposite. It depends on the roster because Jokic yeah, yeah. is not a one-on-one player. He's gonna be yeah. passing. I know, I know. You didn't let me finish. It's very easy to guard like Jokic on Nuggets roster, like not just Jokic himself, but just depending on what they have around them. And like again, they don't play defense. And like number two, like they don't have much experience in the playoffs in general. So like I'm, I, I wouldn't pick them over a team like the Clippers or Warriors or Suns. No, but here's the thing about the Nuggets, though. When they were healthy, they went to the Western Conference Final. I know it wasn't a bubble. They made it. And the next two seasons, they were injured. And now they're back. So, like, there's no, like, history where you're saying that, like, Jokic doesn't have that roster where, like, he's easy to guard one-on-one because now he's back to the same team which made to the Western Conference Final. So, like, I know it wasn't a bubble, but, like, I just feel like the argument that, like, Jokic is easy to guard one-on-one is false. Because like even like like Draymond Green last year, like he like he came on like his podcast and said that like people just be like hating on Jokic, but like like even that series when the Nuggets had like no one, like it was just insanely hard to like guard like Jokic. No, no, I'm not yeah. saying Jokic is very easy to guard one on one. I'm saying like if you double team and like take Jokic out the game, who's stepping up? Are you relying He's on Jamal? make the pass to the wide open? No, you don't not double team Jokic. That's no, the no, I understand. Jokic will make the pass. I understand that. But do you believe in guys like Jamal, Jamal Murray, and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr.? That's the question. Do you oh, okay. believe in those guys? I believe in Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. I believe in Kawhi, PG, and those guys. I believe in like Clay and Jordan Poole. I don't believe in. Jamal Murray. Nah, I don't believe in no Clay and Jordan Poole over the. Uh, they just they the just Nuggets did it last fans. season. They just did it last season. Like they can definitely do it again. Like, I don't believe in. I'm definitely taking those guys over Jamal and uh, Michael Porter Jr. in the playoff series. Like I guess when I your know. first player is taken out of a game, do you trust the number two, number three guy? That's the question. And I understand they haven't been have, have a chance to do it, but do you trust Michael Porter Jr. in the playoff series? Do you trust trust Jamal Murray in the playoff series? That's the question I ask you guys. Jamal Murray's been fine in the playoffs. Yeah, I would I would just not trust him over like Clay Thompson, but then like the other players I probably will like if you're thinking like that would Devin Booker show up or like Jamal Murray show up, like I feel like they're on the same like not same caliber, but like showing yeah. up twice. Like yeah. I feel like they can both give you like thirty to thirty five points. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what it comes down to for me. I just I, I don't know if I can trust the other guys when it comes out to this. And you know what's very interesting to me? Like, since we're in the West, the Grizzlies have lost, like, what? Like, whatever, uh, 12 or 14 or whatever. They've lost a bunch in a row, and they're still a two seed. So, like, this kind of just shows, like, I think the Nuggets are going to be the one seed. Grizzlies are going to be the two seed. And everything else is kind of just up up in the air, like, three through 13. No, that's the thing with parity, though, because, like, a lot of people don't, like, realize that the parity is existing because of the play and introduction, like, two years back. Just because of that, like teams who are like 13 and 12 seed are actually trying now just yeah. to make that playing yeah, spot. That is, both no, it is good for parity. That's, right. that's the West. How is this at the same in the East? Because the East, pretty much after 10, there's no one else trying. Or maybe 11. The East, like, think about the East right before the trades today. Yeah. Like, they weren't that bad. They were actually like being like better than the West. And then, like, after the trades, obviously, the West is like way better. But like some something like like if you look at the East like right now like Pistons and Hornets are like the only teams like like really tanking tanking, and like um like Magic Pacers and Wizards can still like at par with like uh the Raptors, they're only like between like two to three games. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So like Magic could easily match the season. Magic could be like the Hornets and they could like have like 15 win season. But they're like they're like 22, 25, like 25 in team. Yeah, there's only four teams tanking. Um, yeah, Just not, because I, like the fact that the 10th seed can actually make it makes the 11, 12, and 13 actually play for it. Before it was the 8th seed. So like 9, 10, 11 would try, but 12, 13 would like definitely be tanking. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and so, okay, so moving on to the next trade, is there any other big trades that you guys see out here that you wanted to speak about? Uh, we could do the Bucks getting Jay Crowder for Vish. How do you feel, Vishal? Uh, that one was real. I, I just did not expect giving up like five second round picks for that. But um, <laughs> like he was just like a role player, but I don't even know if they'll use him. But like that's just the asking right now. And like, they, the, I mean, like the Warriors gave up five second round picks for uh, uh, Gary Payton the second. So, <laughs> so like, um, I'm like cool with that. I know Gary Payton second probably a better player than Jake Crowder. But uh, we just need like that one player to throw a body on. Like I, I, they literally got this for Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. That's really the only reason. Yeah. Because yeah. last time, but like we have like Wes Matthews, because Drew Holiday is gonna get tired if he's playing like defense and offense. So like they just have this one guy who can shoot threes and then guard like either Tatum or Brown, and that's all we need. This literally like the PJ Tucker move, just like two years later, and like um. Like how the we were actually trying to send like uh Nora Hill and Ibaka to like um Brooklyn, and that's when like the Pacers got involved. So they got the three players now, and they get the three second round picks. So the Nets yeah. has got like two second round picks out of it. And the Pacers get George Hill and the other guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but um, like, no, I mean, I think it's a good move for you guys. I think they were trying to get Jay Crowder from like September. So like, I think he was just yeah, I agree. He's like the yeah, PGA they were definitely been trying to get him. Yeah, like it's definitely the PJ Tucker move. Uh, I mean, I for one, as a Celtics fan, I I don't want this to happen because I think it does make them better. I think this is the guy that you throw on a Tatum type player. So, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, it's a good move for you guys, like for sure. Like I think you got better from this, so like, you didn't lose anything. So, yeah. no, I think me and Kyle are like the happiest. Like the Nets blew up because now we know like it's just Celtics Bucks for the next like three four years. There's literally no other team out east that can challenge that. I mean, okay, we say that, but then there's someone in this podcast that still, I don't know if he still believes in this team, but do you still believe in this roster, Raj? In the, yeah, what, which the roster? 76ers roster. Oh. Uh, I mean, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I, it's like, they like so vary. It's like varies like so much. Because I feel like talent-wise, you could argue that they're on power, they're on par with both the Celtics and the Bucks. Yeah. But I would say like, unless they prove it in the playoffs, like, I don't know like what's worth changing their opinion. Uh, like I, I'm not gonna change my opinion on them until they beat one of the Bucks or Celtics in the playoffs. Then I'll be like, oh shit. And it's, I feel like it's the same thing with the Cavs, right? Uh, I mean, they're like obviously like a younger team compared to the Bucks and Celtics, but like uh, again, until they could beat one of the Bucks or the Celtics in the playoffs, like I don't think any team will take them serious, or I don't think anyone will take them like seriously as contenders in the East. They'll definitely win like two games. They're not gonna like get swept, but I don't see them winning like four games. Who's talking about? Like the Seventy Sixers. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what, like, differentiates them and, like, someone compared to, like, the Bucks and the Celtics. Yeah. And, like, even, I like, mean, yesterday, like, they had no one, right? And, like, Embiid's, like, taking, like, jumpers. I'm like, why? No, but that's the issue with the Sixers. Like, this is what I was saying earlier that, they, like Raj said, they are very, they, they have it as, like, talent-wise. But one, I don't know if it's a Doc Rivers thing or just the, those players itself. Embiid and James Harden are known to be chokers in the playoffs. Why? Because... Games one through five, they're good. 
But for some reason, once ga- after game four, they get tired. They can't play the fourth quarter. Teams like figure them out. They don't make adjustments. You know, so like that's kind of the issue. You have two players that slow down as the series goes on, and you has and you have a coach that gets worse as the series goes on. So it's just like all three of these pieces in one roster together is the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, Michelle saw it last night. I think he was more pissed than I was. Like they played a they played a Celtics team that didn't have four starters. And like the same thing with AD not being able to score on Malcolm Brogdon. Whether you can say this is like a Celtics defensive scheme thing or not, Joel Embiid is going against Luke Cornett. Peyton Pritchard was guarding him at times on that court. <laughs> I, know, I watched coach. both games. Like the Celtics <laughs> actually did a really good job defensively on AD. No, but no, like no, yesterday, I, they were not guarding him. <laughs> like I, I understand, and I agree with like they have very good defensive scheme to like guard them. But you're number one, number two for MVP in a game. You kind of have to win to try to get for the one seed, right? And yeah. and you're not playing anyone. If you you watch the game, they're triple triple teaming Tatum and everything, and they still couldn't win that yeah. game. So like this is the kind of game where I'm like, all right, like you you have a chance for people to take you seriously. And whether you could, I know NBA games, you lose whatever, like random games you can lose to like, like a scrub team or like a, like a tanky team, whatever it is. Right. It happens all the time, but this is like a game that I think you should go in trying to win and you expect to win and you don't pull it out. And then like, you don't, you can't expect people to take you seriously. So. Yeah. Um, and they didn't even talking- do any trades. Like the 76 didn't even trade. <laughs> the oh, they got Jalen McDaniels. Yeah, which uh, I, they make it's a better. Oh, they movie. did. Yeah, he's better than Matisse Thybulle for sure, bro. Yeah, he can at least play offense somewhat. I, I don't think the issue with the Sixers is like on the edges. I think it's the two main guys. It's just at the end of the day, you have to ask him, beat and Harden to step up for a series or two and like win. You know, like that's yeah. been the issue for with, the, with their whole careers. You know. Yeah, um, we could talk about uh, the. Uh... We should just do the Thunder Celtics trade. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, I kind of wish the Celtics did more. I. I. I need a. I'm expect. I wanted to get another wing. I just think Tatum is playing too many games, and like, I don't want the same issue to happen in the season last year. Because like, as much as people want to say like, oh yeah, the Celtics lost in the finals because Tatum didn't show up, blah 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 blah. They lost in the finals because they started the season off 18 and 21. And they had to go on an insane historic pace to get the two seed and then have to go face like three tough teams to get to the finals. They were exhausted, especially Tatum. And like uh, Warriors did a great job and all that. And now they're in a position where Tatum is, again, has the most minutes in the league, playing almost every game. And now they're out without Jalen Brown for a couple of weeks and Tatum has to still play more minutes. So like I wish they got another wing, like just to like, you know, just hold some minutes, 50, like 10 extra minutes a game for Tatum. But, I mean, Mike Muscala, like, I guess he's another big man. He's just another Luke Cornett. Like, we needed some big man depth behind Rob and Al, who are always get injured and getting COVID every other day. So, I mean, it's nice to have Mike Muscala. I, I, I wish it did more, but, like, I'm fine with it on my end. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked that the Thunder traded him. Um, I mean, he, like, Mike Muscala definitely enjoyed, like, being an OKC. He was there, like, the past, like, like three or four years. He pretty much like re-signed like in like the past couple years in free agency, and he was just signing like one uh, one year deals on like the vet minimum, which pretty much just shows that he just wants to be there. Um, I don't know. I guess he, it's kind of weird. I didn't expect it really, but I don't know. It just shows like the Thunder are like still like committed to their process 
Um, like it doesn't matter. Like even though the Thunder are better like this year than like whatever probably a lot of people thought they would be. Like they're like what like twenty six and twenty eight. They're like they have a clear shot at the play in. But just because like they're there like doesn't mean that they're gonna like sway from their process and like try to make like a bigger trade or something. I think they're doing the right thing because with like you have like uh like Jeremiah Robinson Earls coming back from injury next year you'll have Chet Holmgren the Jalen Williams the second Jalen Williams that they chose in the second round uh he's been pretty good as of late he seems like a decent starter or he could at least play like 15 20 minutes a game um you obviously have Chet Holmgren coming back next year so I don't know there, there's just like not too much time for him uh in OKC I think as like a backup center so I guess it does make sense from that perspective. Like, if you can't get minutes from him, you might as well trade him for two second-round picks. Do you think uh, Dario Saric is, like, part of your future? Or is just kind of, like, no. staying for the year? I mean, there? I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes this year. I would be surprised if they extend him. Um, I think they'll use... Yeah, I, I think they'll have, like, one roster pick. I, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because, like, the thing is, even though this year they only have one draft pick, like, they cleared two, uh, like, roster spots. They also traded Darius Baisley to the Suns. Honestly, after I saw the Suns traded KD, I was like, bro, this Baisley trade makes so much sense. Because, like, Baisley will, like, is just, like, a defender. So, like, he's not, like, he's pretty unpredictable on offense. But, like, the problem is in the Thunder. Like, you have to, like, be able to make decisions on when to pass the ball, when to cut, and when to do all this other stuff. And he's just, like, not good if he has to think that much. So, I think in the Suns, like, he'll actually have be a pretty good fit because he'll just, like... They'll just be like, bro, like, don't even shoot the ball. Just play defense, and then you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think Dario Sarge is, like, a part of the long-term plans. I think they'll just keep him for this season, and then after that, he's probably gone because, I don't know. They have one – like I was saying before, they have this one pick this year, but next year they have four draft picks, and they are not taking four draft picks onto this team, like, next year. So I would say they probably make – they probably take the one guy at their pick or they like package up like a couple of the picks from next year and like try to get a second lottery pick or something. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, now the one thing I was gonna say is uh, like one team I think that should have made trades is the Miami Heat, because like oh, uh, yeah. even if you ask Vishal, I don't know how he feels, but like I am just as scared. Like I'm scared of Miami more than any other team in the conference besides the Bucks, obviously. Like I'm more worried about the Miami the Heat than like the Cavs, the Sixers, the Knicks, Hawks, Bulls. So I think they were always a team that was like one little piece away, but even with this roster, they're still pretty frightening. So I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't make a move because I feel like they didn't need to make a big splash, but they needed like a four, just like a PJ Washington type player. Like honestly, a Dario Saric would have been fine for them. So like, uh, and they yeah, I agree. To... I don't know why they didn't jump on that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm as a Heat fan, I would be kind of disappointed that they didn't make a move, but like, uh, I mean, Vishal, would you say you're like, are, is it the Heat one team that you're afraid of besides obviously the Celtics? I don't think I'm afraid of them. I feel like even if they did a trade, like it doesn't raise their ceiling. They're probably yeah. like if they're six, they have a chance to defeat the Sixers, and then. But I still don't like see them going to the conference final. So like I feel like that, that's what went into like their mentality. They're like even if you do a trade, like uh, it doesn't make a huge difference. So just like play with whatever we got and just not lose the picks because like right now they would have probably like think about like the asking price, bro. Like the, you're asking like five like picks for like Jay Crowder. And like I feel like the Heat like just didn't see them that that making a difference because for the Bucks like Jay Crowder could be like a difference for the title. For the Heat, it's just going to be like maybe even one more game in the second round. Like I feel yeah. like that's why they didn't like make a make a move like you said. Like you, they're in a weird even, spot right now. 
know, even like what Kalas is suggesting is like they added a four. Like they'll probably win a game against the Celtics if they play them in the second round. But I don't see them like pushing them, pushing them like that being the factor to like make like the conference final. But I mean, both of you guys were there at the dinner, and you've also obviously heard Omkar's like point of view. <laughs> and it's no, 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 I'm not joking. I'm like, I'm being serious. Like, they're they're a team that like they have probably the best coach in the league, right? I don't think they're disagreeing. Second best coach, whatever it is, right? And they have like uh, they have a kind of scheme and system that like you're, you're like it's annoying to play with. You know, they can like grind out wins game after game in the playoff series. They have experience. They've been to the finals, bubble or not. You know, they've been conference finals last year, one seed last year. So they have that kind of grit and grind mentality. Yeah, they started off bad. So like that's why I'm saying that like I don't know. Th- that's a team that I would be worried about because they can definitely push a series, a first round series, second round series to seven games unnecessarily. So that, that's that was my concern with them. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, I guess, I guess let's Shaw see. Are there? Um, uh, Charlie, they don't move you at all. Like you, they don't like they don't annoy you at all. I don't understand. Like they did beat you two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, but like once I saw the next year and they got swept, like I know, like Giannis better figure it out. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler and Bam are like annoying players. Kyler is an annoying player. Spolster is a great coach. I think the issue is they could they have like a higher chance of tiring no, the, out one of your teams. From, no, but the question is the... like you keep asking like why they didn't do a trade. Like I'm just like they're still gonna be the same annoying team, but the trade not gonna make a difference. Yeah, like, yes, I still yeah. feel like they're gonna be like maybe you, what you're trying to say is like they'll extend it to like seven games, maybe. Yeah, but I don't think the trade's gonna like make that difference that they give up like like five second rounders for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think they're beating either the Celtics or the Bucks. It's just whoever faces them is probably gonna have to go to six, seven game series unnecessarily in the yeah. first or second round, you know. And that team is gonna be more tired in the conference finals, you know. So I mean, I mean, are we all in agreement that this is like the parity is a lot more different in the East? It's kind of just these two teams, and then yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought the I was one of the teams. I was saying like I even texted Kyle. I was like, bro, like low key the Nets could threaten. Yeah. Their shit just imploded. I even said, I was like, yeah, like if they could stay the course, I think they'll challenge. But I don't know. They didn't stay the course, sadly. And, and uh, Raj, what was my response to that? All I said was, give Kyrie another month. That's all <laughs> I said. <laughs> That's funny as hell. Now, yeah. I want to touch on like one of the weirder traits too. Like this four team one. Uh, so Detroit gets James Wiseman from the Warriors. Atlanta gets oh, yeah. Sadiq Bay, And the Warriors get Gary Payton. I mean, I think it's a... Like, I don't know. So, like, in the very short term for the Warriors, it's obviously a win because James Wiseman, like, cannot find minutes on this team. And, like, they get Gary Payton back, who obviously played, like, a pretty big role on their finals team. But, like, the part of it that's kind of dumb is, like, I don't know how you can call Golden State a winner in this case because they traded their second overall pick for Gary Payton, who's a guy they shouldn't have even let walk in the summer. So, it's just, like... They like fixed. They basically like fixed their mistake, but I don't know, man. This James Wiseman thing is like an, like a massive, massive failure in my opinion. I know they still won the championship, but like this is one move that they took a massive L on. And like if you look at the other guy that they drafted, it's like Moses Moody, right? They picked them at like what, like twelve or thirteen or fourteen or something like that. Like, but from the Thunder's perspective, that's a, that's like trading Chet Holmgren for Gary Payton the second, or like, and then they're about to trade like Jalen Williams. Yeah. That it's just insane organizational failure. Like, I know, like, obviously, like, LaMelo, if they chose LaMelo, it's, like, the best case. 
But there's other players that they could have gotten in that place would have made like a lot more sense. Like think about like Patrick Williams in uh, Chicago. Like he makes a lot more sense. He would have been like a little bit of a reach at two. But still, bro, like they just like really, they really uh, messed that one up in my opinion. So it's kind of weird to see it end on such like a weird note. Before I grill Vishal, um, I think the Warriors are kind of like the Niners. And funnily enough, they're both from the same city in the sense of like they have a roster that can win a championship. But then they also kind of decided to kind of rebuild for the future, right? The Warriors did that. The Niners did that. Or they tried to do that this year in football. And the Warriors kind of did that with, like, drafting uh, Kuminga and James Wiseman and whoever it is, while also, like, having a contending team. And that's what screws you over in the end because not picking a direction. And then you're kind of in this position, like, oh, my God, which direction we got to pick? And then that kind of pulls you back on the other end. So that's kind of what happened with the Warriors, like you said. Like, they made it. They realized their mistake. Because they shouldn't have just had tried to build a future team when they had a contending team right there. Then again, they still won the championship while doing all that. This probably hinders you for the future moving forward. But yeah, I mean, you can definitely laugh at this, like trading a number two draft pick for a guy you had on your roster last year. No, well, so... Side note, I feel like it was just like an emer- emergency situation, though, because like they didn't expect Steph Curry to be injured again. Yeah. And right now, like even if like he's out for a month, like the seedings are going to matter so much that I feel like they basically went through with this, not even to help them in the playoffs, but to like basically get them the seeding out of the play in if they can. Yeah. And I feel but like that's I don't why think they Gary didn't Payton is going to make a huge impact on that. I think he he's like, it's like what you were saying about Patrick Beverly, uh, where it's like you just have no, no, him no, but for the, the next month though, without Steph Curry, like, and them like having like this awful like away record, like I feel like Gary Payton can like help them. How is he replacing Steph Curry? He's like, not I, replacing. I know but you're not he, saying that. I know, but like, it's Steph Curry you're losing. I don't. I don't understand how much of an impact. Bro, you're still gonna that. lose a lot of games. Like, let's say instead of being like ten and ten, like even if you become like twelve and like eight, like that's a big win because like in the West seedings right now. Yeah. Because I I just feel like the like Golden State just did it out of like um like in a rush and they had to do something. Like, otherwise, I don't see them, like, getting Gary Payton back. Like, if they really didn't have to. Like, I don't even know if it helps them in the playoffs that much. Like, I feel like it's just, like, an emergency situation more where, like, you know, like, you need the seating. And, and, and Raj, as much as we want to grill them for saying that, like, we sh- they should have traded those, like, uh, those picks for, like, players to win the championship, they're still the defending champs. Like it's no, one I don't think they, they should have traded the player. I think they should have just drafted better players. Uh, <laughs> trading it, I understand not trading it. But but you're drafting players to build you for the future when you have a team that can contend, like 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 you're you're you have two different directions. Like I don't know why you do yeah. that. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Vishal was one of the big proponents in drafting Wiseman. I I st- I, I think we spoke about this earlier, Vishal. But like yeah, I don't know. I still think Lamelo still makes more sense on a basketball standpoint because of the kind of system you have on offense. And I think yeah. your point was more so that Wiseman can be like DeAndre Ayton, right? Yeah, so I like you pointed to me afterwards that like Weissman wasn't as good as DeAndre Ayton to start with. Yeah, like my assumption was they're both like the same caliber players, and that's why they drafted him. Like now that I look back at it, like it's definitely like a mistake that they drafted Weissman because like let's say Ayton was a monster in uh, Arizona or whatever. Yeah, I I thought Weissman was the same thing. I didn't even know like this man got injured and like he didn't even play. Yeah. So like that's the difference because like I feel like if there's Ayton or Lamelo Ball and like. Even if, like, I know Lamelo Ball is like has like a way better like upgrade on like this prospect, like having Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like I would need someone who can immediately help in like the front court, 
rather than like drafting someone in the backcourt is going to be a sub behind like they, their backcourt was stacked though they had like Stephen Curry uh Clay Thompson um uh they had Poole they had Payton before that and stuff like that like I feel like they needed someone in their front court and that's why they did it but Poole obviously was definitely ass back then he was definitely terrible yeah but yeah, even I... like roster strength though like you know like you already have like four like they're probably going to think like Lamelo Ball comes in. He's going to be like, at least at the start, like Rukier. He's going to be like, uh, maybe better than Poole, but he's not going to be better than Stephen Clay. Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. That's what I was just saying. They should have drafted a guy like Patrick Williams or like a like a, like a wing, you know, like someone that could actually help. Versus, yeah, like, I think that's Lamelo. where like their like uh like their scouts like made a mistake. Like they just needed a front court. And like they just assumed Weissman was gonna be as good as like Aiton or whatever. But looking bad as back at his like track record, he never was that good. So I don't know why they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, I think this is probably the last year of their run, honestly. Because I think I think we all think Draymond is leaving to go play with LeBron or something or whatever it is. And you know, just like Steph getting injured every other week. I think this is probably their last year to do anything. Oh, Draymond think- just wants to retire, bro. Like he said he'll only play until like he's thirty five. <laughs> How old is he now? He's like 32. So he enters this year, he's going to become 33. Yeah. And then so he like he finishes the... this season, next year he'd be 34. So I don't think he's going to like get another team to like play out his contract. Like once his contract ends, he's just going to retire. He's done this yeah. year, no? He, I'm not sure what contract he has. Let me see. <laughs> nah, I'm pretty sure he's done this year, bro. Or next four year. year, 2020. He signed a four-year right before the 2020 season. No, he no, he has a player option this season. So, so he's a free agent this year. Oh, yeah, player option. Yeah, so he's a player option this year. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely leaving to go play with LeBron. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be insane. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe LeBron isn't in L.A., maybe it's somewhere else. But, like, he's definitely going to play with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can all cheer on this podcast. I think we're all anti-Warriors. I mean, maybe not so much as Raj, but, like, we're all... Just because you know, they've, 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 they've succeeded so much and we don't want them to keep winning. So, yeah, like, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything else? Nah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't... Besides besides the, the two or three big ones, I didn't think it was that insane of a trade deadline. It was just a bunch of teams just trading second-round picks to each other. So, like, I, I think Uzair kind of summarized it in the chat where he was like, either teams are going all in for being a contender or they're going all in to be a, like, a tanking team. You yeah, know? but then there are teams like the Raptors getting, like, Poto. Like, I don't know what that was. Yeah, I think they should have tried to find a way to move OG on an OB. I don't understand. Uh, like, I understand the, the Proto move, but I don't understand not giving it up anywhere else. Yeah, and you guys know like why the Hawks got like because the Hawks are trying to get like uh, Collins out of there. Yeah, like John Collins, but then so no one wants him. Like, I think the issue is also like these teams have like such high values that they want to get back for these players, and like other teams are not always willing to give that up. Like f- I've never seen this five second round shit going around. Normally, it's just like one first, right? Yeah. But it just shows like the va- like people are just saving the first for like actual like. Like stars, like no one wants to give away their first now. 
I think Raj said it earlier, uh, like um, your own team understands the value of a player versus like the outside world, right? Like you're always going to think of your own player better than he probably actually is, right? So it's like the Hawks probably definitely think John Collins is better than the world thinks he is. So like they're probably asking out for a lot of players and no one wants to give it up. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, again, I, what he's under contract for three more years. Yeah, I mean, we can speak about the Hawks all you want, but like they're, 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 I don't know what direction they're going in. Because this whole Trey Young thing is a mess, and I like, also I feel be... like the five second round picks thing has started because, like, at least in the recent years, teams have just been like recruiting from like uh, international players on like the G League. Yeah, that the second round draft is just useless now, because like when you're not drafting like high caliber players, the lower caliber players need experience playing in like some other league anyway. And you can just draft them like right out without the draft. So like, there's no point in having like second round picks, unless you get like extremely lucky. So the teams are just willing to just like give it out. And like, so even like if these teams have like multiple second, like I, I don't know if like OKC has like let's say one season you have like four second round picks, and you don't even trade them, you'll just draft the players and you'll probably like keep one, and then the rest of you are gonna play in G League or like whatever. Yeah, so, like, I don't even think the, these teams are playing losing anything. Are you saying the NBA should get rid of the second round and just end that pick number 30? <laughs> I mean, the way this is going, like, that's what it's happened. Like, this is giving away the picks. So, like, teams don't care. So, like, what's the point? Yeah, but, but Vishal's been good a lot players of in the second round, though. Vishal's no, I know they keep it, but, like, I'm saying, like, right now, just because, like, the G League is getting better and, like, it's also become an international sport where, like, the Euro League is getting better, like, you can just, like, get players from outside rather than like actually like before it used to be the draft used to be the one way you get like two players every season yeah and like those are the highest caliber i feel like now like things have changed where you can get players outside that the like the first round is still going to be the, your best players and i get that but like the, i feel like the second round is like going down now where like you can find players outside so according to vishal yeah. the all-star game will have to get rid of conferences and then the NBA will only have one round of the draft. Okay, yeah. uh, I'll note I'll note that for the future. As well. <laughs> uh, I'm okay, also not I a want... huge fan of like this All Star draft right before the game. Well, why? I love that. Are you kidding me? Right, they need to practice. Well, no, I, Raj, what do you think? I love that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. It's like pick up basketball. That's like yeah. it's better. That's what this game is. It's pick up basketball. I don't care right? about what do you, practice. What do you mean practice? What are we practicing for? They're they're not pra- when they're not actually practicing, even though they like have practices, they're not doing shit in those practices. Vishal, when you played high school basketball, did you practice? Did you actually practice? High school basketball, yeah. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. This is not like game that it's not a team that matters. This game does not matter for these guys. Why do they care about practice? They're not even if they have practice, they're just gonna mess around in practice, bro. I don't know if you've seen the videos, they're just messing around. No, but at least they know like ten to fifteen plays. Now it's just going to be like standing around. Like, <laughs> they are running plays. Ten to fifteen plays, bro. <laughs> they have like one play drawn up, maybe, and that's like if the game is on the line. And they probably come up with that on the spot. There's no way they're telling him the head. Yeah. I think right. Vishal has not played basketball in a while, so he's just like, <laughs> bro. Like, I, I think we, I, I need to practice. I think everyone should be. No, you know, we played for like the charity one. Like me, Omkar was there, and uh, Hollins. Like we had yeah. like a practice session. You guys take it more seriously than they take the All-Star game. No, no, no. Okay, but, okay, but, but, but Vishal, the thing is, like, you guys cared about the charity. You're trying to win the tournament. These guys don't care to win this game. This game means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, no. I'm also worried because, like, Giannis is a captain, and we know, like, how he drafts. No, this Giannis man definitely... is... 
Giannis is definitely gonna draft Lori Markinen, Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, he's gonna draft Drew Holiday first, pick in the reserves. Yeah, Drew Holiday, and then like give away like Joel Embiid. <laughs> that'll be fun. That'll be so ass. Yeah. No, they do that. Like he's gonna do that. Everyone knows he's gonna do that. Like that's why like he needs the first pick on the on the starters because the first pick of the reserves is just a given. Like he's gonna get Drew Holiday. All right, well, I think uh, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, thanks for hopping on, Vishal, Shruth, and Nuzair, uh, all in different lengths, but it's always a pleasure to have guests on the pod. Um, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.